You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. In 2013, the Frenchman Butte Museum was voted the best small-town museum in Saskatchewan, and believe me, it does not disappoint. I'm Kevin Power, and I was thrilled to spend the day in this picturesque part of the province. My first stop on the grounds of the museum was the original CNR railway station. There I met with Hazel Reeser and Tom Hoffam. I was told that Hazel possessed a wealth of knowledge regarding the ferry that once ran through this area. This ferry was a key part of transportation when it was running. When Tom arrived, he was the perfect complement to Hazel's stories. This is the first part of a two-part podcast at the museum, and at the end of our time together, Hazel, Tom, and myself head off to the charming tea house, where a whole gang of folks were waiting to talk with me. For now, here is a glimpse into the history of the Frenchman Butte Ferry, or should I say, the North Bend Ferry, or rather, Yankee Bend Ferry. Well, listen for yourself. I'm in Frenchman Butte, Saskatchewan. It's absolutely beautiful here, and I'm in the museum. Um, And my first guest is Hazel Reeser. And Hazel, I'm told, is a wealth of knowledge on the uh, the ferry that once ran here. But before we get to the history of the ferry, we're going to get to know Hazel a little bit. Hazel, thank you for joining me. You were born where? Uh, in the house that my uh, my dad ran the ferry, so this was the house that belonged to the Department of Highways for the use of the person that was running the ferry. Okay. Hazel's showing me a photo of of the house that she grew up in, and where would that house have been located? Just across the river from here. Across the river. If you have time, I'll take you down oh, later good. and show you where it Oh, was. good, good, great. The actual site is. Right, so we're basically in your what would have been your backyard growing up. Oh, yes. Right, so yeah. you've stayed in this area all of your life? No. No, so when you... I left you, about... Uh, um, I think it was about 54. And why did you leave? Um, I was teaching around here. I taught at Henderley, just north of here, mm-hmm. and then at Albion across the river. And then I decided to go farther away and see other things. How far away? Um... I think it was to Brooks that year. Oh, Brooks, yes. Alberta. Right. So, but you went to school here? Oh, yes. Right. And so that probably was a one-room schoolhouse that you went to? Oh, yeah. It was right. a log school right. that had been built for a church. But uh, then when it wasn't needed for that, the school board bought it for a school. Mm-hmm. 
there wasn't a school here. They were le using a lean-to on the Legion Hall. A lean-to? That's yeah. it? Yeah, that was What it. would you do in the wintertime? Well, I wasn't in that one, oh. but I, I started in <laughs> right. the log building, and okay. you left your coat on and your overshoes and I'm everything, sure. and uh, sat as close to the fire as you could. Right, right. And where did your teacher come from? Um, my first teacher, I, I'm not exact. He was from around here, but I'm not exact. Sure, mm -hmm. the location. Right. And was that teacher the person that inspired you to become a teacher? No, he was long gone doing other things by that time. So how did you know that you wanted to teach? Well, when I grew up, we didn't have as many choices as people do now, mm -hmm. and uh, it seemed the most appealing. Okay, and so where did you train to become a teacher? Saskatoon. Oh, you did? You yeah. went to the Saskatoon Teachers yeah. College? Yeah. Right, and then you you were, there. Is, was that a one-year program at that time? It was. Right, and then you came right back to this area? Mm-hmm. And how many years in total did you teach, given all the places that you taught in? I think it was 32, 31 or 32. Wow, I've spoken to a lot of people who were teachers on this series. But I, I um, purposely changed jobs to get to see other areas. So what you, you mean you purposely change teaching positions to yeah, see other areas? Yeah. Right. And for the most part, did your students love you? Well, I think so. <laughs> I really enjoyed them. Right. You know. Have any of them kept in touch with you? Um, I see some of them from Onion Lake now and then. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yes, Albion School, too, and Red Cross. Sir. And they've all turned out pretty well? Oh, I think they did. Good. Well, because <laughs> teachers have a huge influence over kids, don't they, growing up? Yeah, but they... They have many teachers, too. Right, and you probably are aware of just how different the teaching system is now compared to when you were teaching. Oh, yes. Um, basically, teaching is teaching, but uh, yes. the system does change. And technology. Yeah, I taught in four different provinces in the Yukon Territory. So. Oh, how long were you in the Yukon? Uh, just one year in the Yukon, White Horse. Right. Yeah, but I was in B.C., Ontario, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Wow, so you so, traveled a lot. Well, not a real lot, but... Well, you, uh, but, but you always came back here. To, this is, these are your roots. Well, I came back here about 1970. Right, okay. To teach... Well, up on the hill here, the school was there. Okay, and is there still a functioning school in the area? No, the mm -hmm. children from here are bused to Paradise Hill. Ah, which is a beautiful town. I just drove it through is. there. It's yeah. really nice, yeah. Yes, it is. So tell me about your, your mom and dad. You were just showing me a picture of your dad, and he was um, very much a part of the ferry, which we're going to talk a little bit about. So tell me, tell me first about your parents. They did they also grow up in this area? No, they were both from Kansas, but they didn't know each other until they came here. 
my mother came with her family, mm -hmm. and then my dad was, he was 17 when he came. So what he, was the draw to come from Kansas to Saskatchewan? Uh, the opportunity to get land. Ah, right. Make a new life. Right. Yeah. And of course, in those days, it wasn't such a big deal if you were if you had grown up in the in the U.S. and wanted to buy land and move to Canada. No, many many people did. Right. right. Yeah. And your dad bought some land here, and then he just happened to... He, he homesteaded. He homesteaded, yeah. and that's when he met your mom. Yeah. And they were yeah. both from Kansas? Yeah. But they did the state of Kansas, so it's a big, but probably very different towns. And well, um, my mother uh, grew up in Manhattan, Kansas, mm -hmm. and my dad had relatives there, and so he spent summers there. But they had not known each other? No. There. Isn't that funny? It took them to move to Saskatchewan to get to but know each other. They had both known uh, some people that moved here. Oh, right. Wow, yeah. it was meant to be. Yeah. They were somehow drawn together through, yeah. uh, through other people. That's something. And your dad homesteaded. So when did he become involved with, um, with the ferry? Well, um... The first year was 1913, Mr. Hayward mm -hmm. run it that year. And then my dad's father took it over. And uh, dad helped him with it quite a, quite a bit and right. later run it for him. So that was your grandfather who yeah. took it over. And, and so for those listening who aren't aware of the history of the ferry, why was the ferry needed? So that um, farmers could get across the river and uh, go to Fort Pitt store, for one thing. Frenchman Butte wasn't in existence then. Uh -huh. it, it didn't, uh, wasn't, there wa wasn't a Frenchman Butte okay. until 1928. Okay, so had well, it been, 27, so I guess. prior to that it was called... There wasn't anything Nothing. here. No, there wasn't anything here. Yeah, just farms. And there wouldn't have been a bridge over the river, either. No. Right, so that's the only way that they could get across. Yeah. The next ferry was a few miles up the river, Hewitt's Landing, it was called at that time. Okay, so your grandfather really was one of the original... Uh, well, he, he didn't. He, he didn't. He was the second one, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And then your dad probably grew up around the ferry and sort of took it over from him. Well, no, he was grown up at that time. Oh, he and, was. Uh, he he um, run it for my grandfather some quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, how often a day would the ferry run? Well, whenever anybody came oh. and wandered across, and and it was it would be your dad or your or his dad that would actually be steering the ferry across. Oh yes, uh, this was not a ferry with a motor on. It run by the current in the water. Oh right. And uh, I'll show you later on the okay. display in the other building how that worked okay yeah. and so you and of course you wouldn't be driving on because there weren't any cars then so well there were some cars were there at that yeah. point yeah, but not many no right, it was right. mostly 
horses and right. wagons and buggies. Right. And would the ferry run all year round? No. It uh, would start usually in April, mm-hmm. um, depending on when the ice went out. Right. And uh, it nearly always uh, closed in October. Sometimes it was November before it actually froze over. Right. Um, what would happen during the winter time when you wanted to cross the river? You had an ice bridge. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> right. And somebody probably had to come and test the thickness of the ice first? Well, my dad usually did that. Right. And some of the neighbors that wanted to cross... So they would make sure it was safe before they went. Right. And were there any accidents when the ice bridge was frozen over? I mean, as it it began to thaw, was there any danger of the ice getting too thin without people knowing? Well, there was, but people were pretty careful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there were some accidents, but not uh, that many, really. And so the ferry would be... Uh, basically depend on the current. So the time, the timing of the crossing would vary depending on the current. Mm-hmm. And, but the average time across. Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app. Or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcasts. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Oh, maybe about four minutes. Yeah, I would think it was only a few minutes, right? It's not that wide of a... Maybe five minutes. Right, right. And the ferry was still running when you grew up here. Oh, yes. We crossed it to get to school. Right. And was it also... uh, Would you just go down for fun to cross it and sort of hang out and play? Was it a bit of a moving playground? Well, not exactly. Uh, We could ride across, but we had to obey the rules and, you know, not run around on it or anything. And so would you have gotten on with horse-drawn carriage? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And then once to the other side, the the carriage would take you all the way to school? Um, No, we, we walked to school. It was... About a half a mile, I guess, in all at that time. So when winter hit, uh, would you end up walking across this ice bridge and walking all the way to school? Yeah. A lot of people of your generation walked to school. Oh, yes. must have been very harsh during the winter. It it was, yeah. Right. 
And then the schoolhouse would be heated probably by, was it heated by coal? Coal and yeah. wood. Right. Mm-hmm. And during the winter time, when you weren't in school, you had chores to do. Was your dad still homesteading at that point as well? No, at that that point, he had uh, traded places with his father. Okay, traded uh, farms. All right, and uh, he had sold it that time. Right. So, you and your mom would be at home during the day? Oh, yes. And there were other siblings? Yes, there were ten of us. Another big family, very common back then. Some were growing up and away from home when I grew up. Right. Was your mother a great cook? Not too bad. Yeah. So, during the 30s... Um, they would have been living there as well, yeah, during, oh, during yes. the Depression era. Yes. So was life uh, difficult it, just it as it was, was. everywhere else? Yes. Right. I often heard that the, it was all you knew, so you didn't feel that you were going without because everybody was in the same uh, boat? That's right. Right. And you had to make your own fun? Yes. Did you have radio then? Uh, part of the winter. Right. I, I, in the... Well, sometimes a little bit in the summer, but it was battery radio, and uh, you couldn't turn it on and listen to it for hours or anything. Was the battery? Yeah. I heard that some people put the battery in the stove to keep it warm. Had you heard anything like that? Uh, No, my dad used to put it in uh, hot water. Oh. Yeah. Right. Wow. And you did all all your own baking there? Oh, yes. Every, right. Everybody did all their own cooking. Right. And all of the food would be would be very local, I would expect. Um, yeah, in a way, yes. Depended somewhat on wildlife and uh, right. gardening and, right. well, quite a lot on gardening. and Sure. But um, sugar, which would have been rationed, of course, and flour, those things came in how? Well, at that time, there was a hamlet here, mm-hmm. the store, after 1928. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there, uh, there were two stores in the hamlet at that time, and for a little while, there were three. Oh. So... <clears throat> There was always a place to buy things. Right, and the food that would come in for those stores would be brought in how? By train. Right, so the train was running through mm-hmm. at that point. Right, when did the stop, the train stop running through this area? I'm not sure of the date. It would have been... Um, my son and I sat out on the hill... When he was little and watched the last train go, that would have been, I believe, 1970. The very last train go through. Yeah. For a while, even though there wasn't regular train service, they had trains that would come and pick up grain now right. and then. Right. The elevators were still uh-huh. down here. Yeah, Just come, come in, on in. Tom, so sure. Come on in, Tom. This is... Tom wasn't around at that time. This is uh, Tom Howman, yes? Huffam. Huffam. Yeah. Oh, 
as it as it's felt we're going to meet your wife and a bunch of other folks yeah. over at the tea house later yeah. on hazel's just telling me a little bit about her life growing up here did you grow up here as well tom yes yes we grew up uh, uh just uh three or four miles from here and uh, lived here all our lives and uh yeah we were quite familiar with the country here did you farm here yes yeah we farmed uh for a number of years, and uh, and then we we sort of relaxed from farming and kind of went ranching, and then uh, and now I'm sort of semi-retired. Semi-retired because you just can't give it all up. Just can't stay away from here. So this has been home, this area for you. Yeah, for uh, going on seventy years plus. Right. So you would have known the ferry. Um, you would have been here when the ferry was running. Quite familiar with the ferry. Uh, it, it was interesting because um, when the ferry shift changes, quite often the ferry would be on the wrong side of the river for the guy that was going to run it. Oh, and he would normally would have to row a boat across the river to come and get the ferry. So we would take the ferry over for him. So we were cross it enough times. We quite familiar how to run it. Right, and it, Hazel was saying it ran on current. That's correct. Right. Yeah. So um, if the water was particularly still, it was a longer ride than usual? It took longer, but there was uh, some uh, uh, what they call current boards on the ferry that they could lower uh -huh. and pick up more current, and it would help it along. So why would the ferry have been on the wrong side often during shift change? Well, the guy that used it last would, would obviously... Want to get off on that side. Uh, yes, that's right. He didn't want to row the boat, so he left. He took the ferry over and, and left the boat on the other side. Right, and then during the winter, Hazel was saying you had the ice bridge to walk across. Yes. Well, actually, it was a good bridge, and we drove across it and, and hauled heavy loads across it. Too. Oh, the ice was that thick? Uh, we could haul loads of grain Wow. And, uh, yes, it, it uh, supported a good load. And there had never been any accidents where the ice was thin and nobody thought to check it? Nobody, nobody said there was no accidents. Oh, no, so there it were. Was first thing in the fall when the river was freezing up, the ice, of course, was always a little bit thin. And uh, pretty near every year somebody fell in, uh, partially fell in or or... Like my dad one time, he drove, he got into 12 feet of water when just right off the shore. Uh, in the river, it's very unpredictable where right. the deep spots are. And, uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, ice was a little thin and, and, uh, the truck went down and. Oh, he, he had the whole load and everything. Well, he wasn't full loaded, but, right. uh, he, um, he escaped and, um, they fished that out. Uh, with a logging chain, kind of like a fishing hook, and they got a hold of the truck with that and managed to pull it out. And, and then they took it up to the garage and drained all the fluids out of it, and I guess it run after that. But whatever the load was may have likely was damaged. No, no, there was yeah. he, he wouldn't have taken a load at that time. Uh -huh. He would realize it was thin ice and right. not to take a load over yet. But still, the significant... Uh, work needed to be done on the vehicle afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's the definition of a bad day back then, huh? <laughs> and like father, like son, yes. you know, I had my, uh, I I did have my uh, 
problems with it too. But uh, yeah, tell me about um, yours. Uh, the one I um, had an, an old uh, Jeep, and when I went across the ice in the morning to go to school, it kind of back wheels kind of bounced down, and then going home that night. I took a. I avoided the hole I went into the first time. Oh! And uh, the back end fell in to where I couldn't go ahead, but I had a winch on the jeep and I winched myself out. But uh, if you know the configuration of one of those little kind of army jeeps, uh huh. Well, the box in the in the back was full of water. Right. <laughs> and it was sort of standing on end. Right. Would we'll make it back heavy. Yeah. 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 Anyway. But how deep was the water? In that, well, that place, it, on that side of the river, it was, they figured, to 10, 12 feet deep there. Right, so if you got out, it was over your head. Yeah, well, I was managed to climb up along the edge of the Jeep and stay on, keep from getting my feet wet. So everybody knew how to swim, I expect, just in case. Not, no, I didn't no. at that time. Is that right? <laughs> not terrifying to be on the water and not know how to swim? Well... I suppose. All right. Never thought of it that way. Right. Right. Were there any tragic accidents that happened? Do you recall any, any fatalities? Um, not, not with the ice. No. My brother once, uh, there was a fire. Uh, Roy Lee's house burned down or was on fire, and Grant was going to go across and see if he could help. But he carried, that was in the spring when the ice was getting thin. Mm -hmm. He carried a long pole with him, and he did fall through, but he was able to work himself back up on top of the ice because he had the pole. Right. And then he got the rest of the way across. Right. But he didn't come back that day or for a few <laughs> days. <laughs> Do you recall the last ferry run, either of you? No, I wouldn't have been here. No, that's right. You would have been away teaching at that point. Were you around, Tom, when the last ferry went? Well, by? I would have been, but the last ferry ride, no, I... Uh, one of so many ferry rides, no, I wouldn't have recalled. Well, would they have known that that was going to be the last ferry ride? What what, what ultimately caused the ferry to stop running? Well, the... Uh, the, the building br of the bridge. The br <laughs> bridge on the highway right. number three at that time, and actually that allowed them to close two ferries. Right. And what they did while they were building the bridge, the ferries, of course, were in operation. And then they finished the bridge in, in kind of in the fall of the year. They took the ferries out and then never put them back in. Yeah. Right. So the last trip across the river, the fall previous, was the last trip. And I don't. We probably brought our cows home that way, and uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would have been the last time we brought the cow. We may have a picture of that. We actually may have a picture of that. The last ferry. The last time we brought cows across yeah. home on the ferry, and yeah. And then what happened to the ferry when it stopped running? What did they do with it? It was up on the bank in its winter position there uh -huh. for. Uh, I guess it must have been there for at least a year. Right. And then it was taken apart by uh, people that wanted the planks. Yeah. For other uses. Mm-hmm. 
Right. So, so it didn't. No, there was not any talk of keeping it as a museum. At that time, we had no idea we'd ever have a museum. Right. Of course. Right. Right. And then when the bridge opened, was that a pretty big day around here? Yes, it was. Right. Well, that what that did allow was for crossing every day all year round. Now, here in the spring and fall, um, you know, probably at least two weeks you couldn't cross uh, at the crossing, like too thin of ice. Right. And uh, so um, that was a big plus. But what happened when they they took the ferry out or did discontinued running it, it helped put uh, another coffin or a nail in the coffin of the town. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> people that traded in that side of the area, mm-hmm. uh, it was too inconvenient then to go the extra miles to come here. So they, you know, they went to Lloydminster and they mm-hmm. went to other other centers. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that took, oh, at least a half a dozen families out of the trading area, this little town. Mm. And then, you know, it, it, it slowly dried up. Right. One of the reasons it dried up. But the tra- when the ferry closed, the train was still running through? Uh, yes, it was. Was it not? Um, what year did the ferry stop running? 68. And the train stopped running in 70? Uh, yeah, the last train. I remember when... The, at that time, they just came when they needed to haul grain from the elevator. There was no regular train service at that time when I came back in 1970. But uh, Mike and I sat on the hill there and watched the last train go. But it was per- just to haul the grain. The special train just yeah. for the grain. Yeah. Right. Back to the ferry. Did the ferry have a name? Frenchman, it started out um, with the name uh, Yankee Bend. Yankee Bend, how did it get that name? Because a lot of the people that lived in the bend of the river Mm -hmm. were from the States. Right, like your dad and your mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And so it was called Yankee Bend, Mm -hmm. and later it was changed to North Bend. And then in 1950, it was changed to Frenchman Butte. Right. So it went through three names. So there are probably a lot of people in the area that, that still have strong American roots that yeah. stayed in the area. Well, you do. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, uh, yeah, there's quite a few. Uh, that was interesting because there was actually a Yankee Bend mailing address. Uh, Yankee Bend, Saskatchewan, oh. and uh, th- that went on for quite a number of years. So was that sort of a nickname they gave the area? No, it, well, it wouldn't well, have been Frenchman Butte then, right? No, no, no. There was when they first come up. There was no Butte, was there? No. And no. so, it, yeah. And when the railroad came in in, in twenty eight or whatever yes. it was, that, that there was a little bit of a buildings of the guests here. But not much. No, they, just a year or so before they, uh, you know, they knew the railway was coming, but they didn't know exactly where. So some of them built down by the river, closer to the river, because that was the Fort Pitt Trail. It uh, was a main road at that time. 
and they thought the railway would come there. And then when it came up higher, they all moved their buildings up during the winter using rollers and skids, <laughs> teams of horses, mm. and sometimes tractors. There's a picture of uh, them moving the Chinese restaurant from down there up above. What about the water levels um, in the river? That must have had a big effect on how the ferry ran. Um, it, it did when it was extreme, like if it was extremely low, they uh -huh. had to use a winding cable right, and kind of crank it across. Uh -huh. And when it was extremely high or ice running or something, they, uh, they did the same. Was there any, uh, um, any record put on the books of, of an extremely high water situation? 1915 is the highest on record. And that would have been because of the rainfall? Uh, rainfall and uh, snow melting in right. the mountains. Right. And was that detrimental to the ferry running? Oh, yes. Right. Did it, and it probably flooded the area a little bit? Well, what an interesting thing was, it that flood flooded out a lot of downtown Edmonton. And the lumber yard in Edmonton floated down river. Oh. And there was a lot of people salvaged lumber out of the river when it was so high. Uh, and that was, that was the one of the, one of the cases of it being real high. And then back in the, um, in the eighties there sometime, what year was that? It came within inches of where it was in 1915. Now we're going to argue about this yeah, a little bit because, because they tied the ferry to, in 1915 they actually tied the ferry to the tower across the, the south, river on the south side there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they just to keep the ferry from floating away. Oh yes, wow. and they had to be on it continually and keep uh, with long poles and keep uh, the deadwood. Yeah, from floating down, down the river wow. from taking it. And again, this was all water that was running down from from the North Saskatchewan. Yes, uh, from, uh, all, from, from well, all the way from the uh, you know the glacier there right. in the mountains and the, all the tributaries at that time too, yeah. the, the Brazo and all those other rivers were flooding. But what made me recall that uh, a year or so before Dad passed away. Uh, we took him down to the river, and he said uh, the uh, water was up about here. And he was 97 at the time. We thought, well, maybe he'd forgotten a little bit about it. But uh, and, and when that flood came, it was within inches of where he said it was going to be. The or water, when you said the water was up to here, you mean up to... No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not here. But oh, okay. he he pointed to a particular oh, okay. spot right. in the river, right? Uh, and uh, and which left the uh, floodplain where we were looking uh, mm. underwater. Mm. In 1952, it came up high too. Uh, we lived in the house on this side of the river at that time, and so we would uh, check the how high it was every day mm -hmm. and uh, we had a shack at a little lower level 
and uh, it was almost, it was within, you know, a couple feet of that shack. Well, that but, little shack down by the river was full of mud. It, it got water in it. If, oh, if you're I, thinking of a different one. That okay. got covered up. <laughs> <laughs> From the yeah. water being that high? Yeah. Wow. So weather was extreme back then, too, huh? Oh, I mean, we're oh, talking yes. about this weather phenomenon that are happening now like it never would have happened before, but... It's cyclical, yeah, things like that. There was there was very difficult times with weather. And then. there were other uh, things that influenced it, like now it will never get that high right. because of the dams in the mountains. Sure. Yeah. Right. That takes a lot of the water. Right. Controls it. Um, any of the wood that was salvaged from the ferry get repurposed in the area for any of the buildings? Oh, I think so, yes. Some, I think, went into the station platform and the, the buildings. Uh, when they took, uh, they uh, demolished the ferry? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are some of that material? Oh, that was great on? stuff. Uh, like, that was fur lumber, and it was Very cut. Uh, it was three-inch planks. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, it was it was heavy-duty. Okay, let's, let's, um, let's go take a look at the display, because you've got a whole room in the... Just remind me, this building that we're in here is the, the CN Rail This station. is the CN Rail. So this was the old train station. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the original site, or had it been moved? No, no this is the original it site. It didn't get moved. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so the train would have run on that side, no, on this side. Just got myself all turned around. Oh, okay. Where the platform is. The platform used to be a lot longer than it is now. Okay. If you're enjoying this episode of Sascapes, why not download the entire series for free from the iTunes Store? Simply search for Sascapes by Sass Culture. And while you're there, feel free to support Sascapes by giving us a star rating or writing a review. From time to time, I'll share some of the comments in upcoming episodes. And who knows, it could be your comment I read next. And now, back to the podcast. Let's go take a look at the display that you've got. Here are the current boards that Tom was talking about. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. so this is a model that we're looking. Yeah. These are the current boards that would just so kind it of... it goes down and catches more current. Right. And the wheel is... Uh, I'll show you the other model over there. It's attached to uh, travelers on the cable that goes across. Uh-huh. And you uh, turn the wheel to turn the, make one end go up when you want to go across the river. Right. And this kind of shows it here like the, yeah. uh, the big cable that held it in place oh. on, the, on the river. And the cables, there was actually four of them going up there. Right. And through that uh, wheel there, they could tighten, uh, or, or tighten the cables on one side and loosen it on the other which would change the angle of the ferry. Right. Was this lever just pulled by manually, huh? Yeah, they had a rope on it. Yeah. Oh, they did? Pull. And, a, and a pulley. Right. What was the length of the ferry? I don't know. You could get three vehicles on it, one behind the other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Six cars. Yes. Yeah. Right. Two side by side. And, and so would there, uh, how often would there be a, a backlog of vehicles waiting to get across? Only at a dance. Oh, that's right. Or a, the a, famous a, town a dance or a funeral or uh, yeah. what yeah. would it be? <laughs> or a wedding? I remember the dedication of the Karen. They were backed way up for 
for a mile or so. Fort Pitt, Fort yeah. Pitt area. Yeah. Well, I'll be right. darned. When we pointed out uh, Yankee Bend, yeah, this is the north bend of the river, uh, where the the river took a bend to the north, I should okay. say, and, and the early settlers came in here that were the uh, uh, the American families. All right, and and uh, so they. Because of that bend in the river, they called it the Yankee Bend. It's basically, uh, you know, took it from the bend in the river. Right, and the fact that there were a lot of Yankees around there. They changed it to North Bend when they built the school because, uh, well, the English still hadn't uh, got over. The, well, there, well more, there was more Englishmen, and, and yeah, put it that way. Right, how did the Yankees feel when they changed it? Well, I guess it was some resentment, but not yeah. They got along. They were pioneer families sure. that had to get along. Um, Hazel, I understand that you're trying to put together some kind of an official history book on the Well, I, I would like to make a history, but, uh, you know, by gathering material from the archives and from people that have it, book, other books that are... Right. It's mentioned in and things. Has there been any kind of um, anniversary marking or celebration around the the closing of the ferry or the 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 birth of the ferry? Have they had any kind of? Well, it wouldn't be. Would a hundred years have gone by? A hundred years yeah, would have yeah. gone by. Yeah. Did uh, they have a centenary? Yeah. At uh, in two thousand and twelve, we sort of did a half-hearted one. A half-hearted uh, centenary. Uh, <laughs> we. That was the theme of our, our festival day, was it not? That the 100th anniversary of the, the ferry, or would have been the 100th yeah. year. Right. But it was built in 12, and then right. 13 was the first year of operation. Right. So you had a little bit of a celebration around here? Not as no. per se. It was in conjunction with our, our festival day for the museum. Okay. And do you have that annually? Yes. Right. What time of year do you have that? Second Sunday in August every year. And how many folks come out for that? Five, six hundred. Is that right? This it, little town of 53 uh, swelled to 530. Why, and, and where are these people all coming from? Festival day. Yeah, it, they come from um, all over. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a homecoming for a lot of people. Right. Uh, and then people that just know about, you know, people that are, wants to, uh, want entertainment for the day. And people that are tracing their roots from the states are coming up, maybe? The odd, you know, just like it's say homecoming, basically. Right. And what do you do on homecoming day? You have a big... big well, there's big live event. entertainment uh -huh. here. Uh, there's uh, uh, roaming through the, the uh, museum. We put on... Well, we sell pie and hot dogs all day and have right. a big supper at night. And primarily, it's just visiting. So that just happened a few weeks ago. Yeah. Very, yeah we had a very successful one again this year, too. That's so amazing. I'm always amazed that in these small towns in Saskatchewan that people know. Well, I mean, you, can, you can't spit without hitting a festival in the summertime in Saskatchewan. But that there's such a great draw to... To these little pockets of, of the province. I mean, you just you're just tucked away here in the hills, and then all these people come. <laughs> well, it's, I I think it's the homecoming thing, though, because yeah. uh, like all these little communities are drying up. 
and uh, you know it's one day that uh, they can come out and celebrate and uh, and, and come back and meet their friends um, you know where else you know when else could they come for one day and visit so many different people right yeah. Yeah, sure. of their friends so many more of their friends sure yeah so shall we continue our chat over at the tea house sure great thanks again to hazel and tom episode 38 of sascapes is the continuation of my visit to the museum thanks for listening the sascapes podcast is created by kevin power as part of the culture days animateur program operated by sas culture Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sports, Culture, and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other SAS culture animateurs, please visit www.iheartculture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...